welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCreary, and today I dropped part two of my NFL Draft Philosophy series on my website at thewiresports.com. This is a series where I'm going and I'm taking a deep dive into some of the most interesting draft-related concepts and ideologies. Um, If you want to see this, you can go to our website at thewiresports.com. It's also on my Twitter at McCrary. I retweeted this, so you'll see it. And today, we're going to be discussing how, like, what is the key to finding an elite franchise quarterback through the draft? This is a question that NFL fans and front offices have been asking themselves for years now. And I think there are a few factors uh, that go into determining, like, what kind of quarterbacks can become an elite franchise quarterback. Uh, and there's a few traits. And I actually came up with an elite franchise quarterback formula, uh, which I'll discuss later later in this uh, podcast. Um, but the reason I'm doing this in podcast form and as an article is because I think if you... If maybe I didn't explain it well enough in my article, you can come here and listen to this episode, and, and I'll explain it maybe a little bit better today or on here in this medium. I hope I do. Uh, but let's go ahead and get started. First, I want to discuss the value of the quarterback position itself, because before you really understand like why teams or what teams need to do to find an elite franchise quarterback, you need to understand why the quarterback position is so heavily sought after. I mean, it's because the quarterback position is the most valuable position in all of football. Um, I mean, it is the the first step in building a roster that is ca- capable of winning games and winning championships in the NFL is securing a franchise quarterback. Uh, this is the most important step uh, of the team building process because there is not another position in the sport that's as valuable or as impactful as the quarterback. This position is the foundation of every NFL franchise, and they drive winning in a way that's just unmatched by anyone else on the gridiron. Um, in, in the first edition of this series, I did mention, uh, I, I discussed positional value, and I mentioned how Deshaun Watson is a great example of how valuable quarterbacks are. Uh, this season, currently, the, te- the Houston Texans are 4-11, 4 wins, 11 losses, but they've been actually pretty competitive. Um, it's not like they've been completely awful. Yes, they they have a top three pick that's going to the Dolphins. But they've been relatively competitive. Um, and they haven't been just downright awful. And the reason why is because of Deshaun Watson. Like He is the sole reason why the Houston Texans aren't just a dumpster fire. Um, he's in Watson. He's he's played at an elite level this year. He's thrown for thirty touchdowns and six interceptions through fifteen games, while sporting a QBR of seventy one point six. A seventy one point six QBR is elite because a QBR of seventy that's like um, that would be considered elite, and and he's above that. And, and the Texans they would be in the conversation for the number one overall pick without Watson on their team. And they probably would have the number one overall pick because that's how bad the Texas roster is. And, and, and it's not bad because uh, their head coach, Bill, or, or their previous head coach before he got fired this year, Bill O'Brien made some very questionable decisions over the offseason. He traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson in a second-round pick. That was terrible. He traded their second-round pick for Brandon Cooks. That was a bad decision uh, looking at the big picture. 
Um, so just Deshaun Watson is just so valuable to this team. And Patrick Mahomes, he had similar impact on the Kansas City Chiefs in 2018. That season, the Chiefs ranked 24th in opponents' yards per play at 5.9 and opponents' points per game at 26.3. But despite their poor defense, the Chiefs made it to the AFC Championship on the back of Mahomes' historic MVP season that year in which he threw for 50 touchdowns and had a QBR of 80.4. That's incredible. Um, although he, he definitely had more talent on that roster than Watson does this year, um, he still made his team better. And they almost made it to the Super Bowl solely because of his historic play. Um, and, and these two quarterbacks, they have proven that a franchise quarterback can change the outlook of your franchise. Um, there is one issue we need to address before moving forward. The two quarterbacks I just mentioned, Watson and Mahomes, they are elite. They are among the best in the league at their position. And in recent memory, only elite quarterbacks have had similar impact on their teams. Uh, when you look at some non-top 10 quarterbacks, some non-elite quarterbacks, think of guys like Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr. I would say they're all top 20 quarterbacks, but and like teams can win games with these kind of quarterbacks under center, but these quarterbacks cannot impact the team in the same way Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson can. They just don't have, like, their impact is nowhere near the level that Watson and Mahomes is. And so, uh, when we talk about teams looking for a franchise quarterback, you need someone who is elite. You you don't want someone who is going to be middle of the pack. You don't want someone that's just going to be a top 15 quarterback. You want you want to draft someone that is going to be one of the best in their position and someone that has the potential to be elite one day. Um, and, and in my article, I discussed this. I, I said, quote, When drafting a quarterback in the first round, you want someone who can be the leader of your franchise and one of the best at his position in the NFL. Drafting a quarterback in the first round who needs to be surrounded by talent on both sides of the ball to be successful isn't ideal. Teams need someone who drives winning on their own and makes the team building process easier. It's a hard pill to swallow, but when you draft a quarterback in the first round, they need to become elite in the NFL. End quote. And, that, and that's like the most ideal outcome when you draft someone with a very high pick uh, in the NFL draft. And to give you a better picture, I'm going to um, I'm going to separate some of the top quarterbacks in the NFL into two tiers. Like surefire elite quarterbacks and great slash almost elite quarterbacks. Um, here are the surefire elite quarterbacks. These are the best of the best. These are guys who I would be willing to pay top money for without giving it a second thought. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson. Now, I took into consideration like talent, age, um, and, and I think a age plays a huge part in that. Russell Wilson is 30 years old now. I think, let me look. Russell Wilson age... He's or 31, 30, okay, he's 32. He's starting to get up there a little bit, but he's still only, only 32. He's still got a good amount of elite uh, quality years left, so I'm willing to give him top money. And these are the three guys that I think are surefire elite quarterbacks, um, and, and I wouldn't have a problem giving any of these three quarterbacks top money, like over $35 million a year. I think they're all worth it. Uh, they're all um, very impactful um, and, and their talent is worth it. 
Uh, here are great slash almost elite quarterbacks. These are really, really good quarterbacks who are either getting up there in age or they just need a few more seasons of great play to be elite. I would at least consider paying these guys top money. Aaron Rodgers, and the reason Aaron Rodgers is here is because age, uh, I think that, that plays a huge factor. And this season has been is pre- a pretty outlier for him in terms of what he's done the past couple of years. I was I, I think I'm comfortable saying this is an outlier season for him. He has not played at a, at an elite level the last couple of years, um, but he has looked so good this season, and he's likely going to win the MVP award. Then we got Lamar Jackson. He won the MVP award last season. Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. Now Dak Prescott. Uh, he would be like on the bubble for this conversation, but with his injury and questions that I had coming into this season, I didn't put him on this list. These are it. Like these are these are like the top seven. Uh, maybe not necessarily the top seven quarterbacks, but these are guys that are near that are either elite or near elite level. Um, and that takes into consideration age, skill. Uh, Carson Wentz would have been on this list, but he's looked absolutely horrendous, and he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Um, but w- when a team drafts a quarterback with a first-round pick, they want a guy that's going to end up being in one of these two categories at some point in their career. Um, Josh Allen, he he is looking like he is going to be an elite quarterback for years to come. Um, he took that next step this year. He's looked awesome. Kyler Murray, he's looked very good early in his career. Lamar Jackson, looked like he was taking that step last year. Took a step back this season. Um, I want to see him develop as a passer even more than he has already. And if he continues to do that, I think he's going to be great. And then Aaron Rodgers, he's Aaron Rodgers. Just age, and like I mentioned earlier, that, that keeps him here. Um, but like it, when you draft someone with a very, very high first-round pick, you need them to become great or elite. Uh, those are the most ideal outcomes. Um, and so I think it, it is a hard pill to swallow, uh, but ha- if your quarterback doesn't become uh, a top 10 quarterback in the league, it, it, it kind of isn't worth it. Um, that pick, I don't want to say it's a complete failure, but you know, uh, you know, you'd rather have Kirk, you'd rather have Russell Wilson than Kirk Cousins, obviously, um, and, and you'd rather have like Josh Allen than Kirk Cousins. I think having having your quarterback prospect turn into uh, Josh Allen that that's the preferable um, outcome over them becoming like a Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, and Baker Mayfield. Now let's get into the elite franchise quarterback formula. Uh, predicting the success uh, or failure of quarterback prospects is extremely difficult because a lot of it is circumstance-based. Um, and it's probably the hardest thing about the draft. There have been plenty of quarterbacks drafted in the first round that were underwhelming once they reached the NFL. Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell are the most well-known cases of this. However, I believe there are six key factors or six key traits that are necessary for a quarterback prospect to reach elite status in the NFL. Here is my elite franchise quarterback formula. Um, Accuracy plus ball placement plus decision making plus arm strength plus mobility plus play creation equals an elite franchise quarterback. I think with these six traits, if a quarterback has all of these and they can do all of this at a high level, um, 
they're probably going to be an elite franchise quarterback if they go to a good situation. Uh, let's start off, I want to explain each one of these traits. First off, let's talk about accuracy, ball placement, and decision making. I think these are the, mo- the three most important qualities for a quarterback prospect to have. Because to be successful in the NFL, quarterbacks must be able to read man and zone coverage schemes and make accurate throws in the correct spots. Accuracy is pretty simple. Uh, basically, it's just the ability to throw the ball to the right spot. Like if, if a receiver is running a slant, I want to hit him where he's going to be, and I want to hit him in the hands. Uh, I don't want to throw the ball behind him. I don't want to lead him too far. I want to put the ball in the right spot. That's accurate accuracy. If a quarterback consistently misses open th- open windows uh, and just throws the ball behind the receiver, they are an accurate passer. Now, it's rare for top prospects to struggle with accuracy, and they're more likely to have either poor ball placement maybe and slash or decision-making. If a prospect thro- struggles to throw the ball with accuracy, they're probably not a first-round pick. Now, ball placement is a very underrated skill, in my opinion, and I think it can make a prospect extremely dangerous uh, even if they don't have great physical tools. Former LSU quarterback Joe Burrow does a great job of taking advantage of defensive backs' leverage and throwing the ball to spots where they just aren't able to make a play on it. His ability to make throws into tight coverage without having elite arm strength is a huge reason why I, along with many other people, loved him as a prospect coming out last season. Uh, Decision-making is extremely important as well, and it's the most common issue I've seen in top quarterback prospects. For example, Justin Herbert was not a very good decision-maker in college at Oregon, and that's the main reason why I didn't think he was worth a first-round pick last year. He was extremely reckless with the football, and there were times when he put his receivers in dangerous situations due to his below-average field position. If a quarterback can read a variety of coverages and make the right decision with consistency, chances are they'll have a chance to make it in the NFL. Obviously, there are other traits uh, and other factors to consider, but decision-making, accuracy, ball placement, it's all very important. Uh, and, and, And even if quarterback prospects don't have it now, they need to develop this um, later on in their careers. Now let's talk about arm strength. There is a mis- I'm sorry about the train. There is a misconception about what arm strength really is. Most people think it means that a player can throw the ball a long distance, but there is more to it. It also includes the velocity at which quarterbacks are able to drive the ball down the field. Um, a quarterback with great arm strength can throw the ball 30 yards down the field with a flat path, uh, while those with weaker arms would have to loft the ball a bit, and throw the and the throw wouldn't have that much velocity on the same exact throw. Despite popular belief, arm strength actually isn't that important, to be completely honest. Um, I, I, obviously, it has value. Like, Josh Allen has tremendous arm strength. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has great arm strength. Deshaun Watson has great arm strength. It has value, but it isn't a necessity to be an, a successful quarterback in the NFL. Just look at Drew Brees. He's been one of the league's best passers over the last few seasons, and his arm strength has declined as he entered as he's entered the final stage of his career. Arm strength is great when combined with other stra- with other traits like accuracy, ball placement, decision making. 
but it's useless on its own. And quarterbacks can do just fine without it. Um, if you're if you if a quarterback has a strong arm, but he's not a good decision maker or he's not an accurate passer, who cares? Um, and, and that just proves that you know arm strength is great as long as you combine it with with precision passing skills like accuracy, decision making, and ball placement. Now let's talk about mobility. Now in the context of this conversation, mobility includes moving to evade tacklers within the pocket, attacking the de- and and attacking the defense and picking up yards by running the ball. Um, extending plays outside of the pocket is all can also uh, be a part of mobility, but I won't be discussing that in this section. I'm going to wait until we get into play creation. Um, I found that when I study collegiate quarterbacks, the best of the best are all mobile in some capacity. Like Joe Burrow, he was an underrated athlete during his 2019-2020 Heisman campaign, and Kyler Murray was arguably the best pure runner in his draft class. Sorry, my throat's getting dry. These kind of quarterbacks are better than most pure pocket passers because... They can make plays work even when they break down. They can navigate the pocket and take off for first downs uh, when the receiving options fail to get open. Being able to stress the defense with the threat of running can turn a quality passer into a dual threat pain in the you-know-what. Mobility isn't an extremely valuable trait on its own, kind of like arm strength, uh, but is it is immensely valuable when combined with precise passing skills, which are like accuracy, uh, decision-making, and ball placement. Now, I'll finally, I'm going to talk about play creation. I hinted at this during the mobility section uh, because it goes hand-in-hand hand with that trait since you have to be somewhat mobile to be a creator outside of the pocket. There isn't a mainstream term for this aspect of the quarterback uh, quarterback position. You can call it playmaking, play creation. I'm going to call it play creation for now. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense because you're, you know, it, this aspect is literally a quarterback creating plays outside of the pocket. Play creation is a necessity to become an elite quarterback in the in the NFL. Uh, the one thing that all seven elite or neo elite quarterbacks that I mentioned earlier share is the ability to create plays outside of the pocket. Patrick Mahomes might, ju- might just be the most talented quarterback of all time because he is so good at extending plays and forcing receivers open even when plays crumble. Just rewatch any Chiefs game, and I guarantee you'll see a play where Mahomes runs out of the pocket and makes a throw across the field to an open receiver like he doesn't even know that he's breaking the rules of the game. Joe Burrow sur- showcased a very similar play style during his final season at LSU. He never, and I mean never, hesitated to make difficult throws into tight windows while on the run. Even if you played perfect coverage, he was going to create a throwing lane and rip your heart out. I mean, you just, you simply did not stand a chance against him. Mobility makes precise passers a dual threat pain in you know what. But play creation can turn a quarterback into an unstoppable war machine. If I had to choose one trait for my quarterback to have outside of the three necessities, which are accuracy, ball placement, and decision making, I'd pick play creation, and I wouldn't give a second thought about it. This is the one trait that has truly revolutionized the quarterback position in the modern age of football, and I think it's a requirement to become elite at the next level.
Uh, now I want to discuss quarterback archetypes. This will be the final thing I get to before I get to my conclusion. Uh, most quarterbacks in the NFL are one of three archetypes. Um, they're either quality game managers. These are guys that are very accurate passers. They're good decision makers. They got good ball placement. They're very good passers who can win games by making good decisions and playing under control, but they lack the upside and the impact that more mobile quarterbacks have. Uh, an example of this is like Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, those are quality game managers. And Drew Brees, he's still a very good passer, but I think his his impact at this point is, in his career has taken a pretty big decline. Um, and he's just not as impactful as like Patrick Mahomes Russell, and Russell Wilson are. Now, here are dual threat athletes. These are players with great physical tools like arm strength, mobility, play creation. Uh, these are really good quarterbacks who have phenomenal physical tools, but lack the precision passing skills that surefire elite quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes have. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert are an example of this. Finally, we got superstar play creators. These are guys that have all that are uh, they have all six traits, um, and, and all six traits are like are elite for them. Uh, and that's accuracy, ball placement, decision making, arm strength, mobility, and play creation. These are the most ideal elite franchise quarterbacks. That's Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. Uh, Aaron Rodgers fits into this, and I know that I had him in great slash almost elite. Uh, in that category earlier, but that's mainly because I just, I'm not sure I would be willing to pay him, uh, top money now at this stage in his career. But just looking at a talent standpoint, I think he fits in this archetype. These are the best quarterbacks in the NFL who stress defenses with precision passing and elite outside of the pocket creation. Quarterbacks who have the three pre precision passing traits, accuracy, ball placement, and decision making, without great physical tools, can be solid in the NFL. And teams can have, uh, although they can have limited success with them under center. However, this is really an invaluable archetype. And these types of quarterbacks, they need the rest of the roster to be great uh, for them to have success. Jimmy Garoppolo fits under this archetype. And the 49ers almost won a Super Bowl with him last season. Uh, but the 49ers also had an elite defense and a phenomenal run-heavy West Coast offense. Jimmy G was fine. Uh, he was he was fine, uh, and he succeeded in, in that system, but the 49ers won games and almost won a Super Bowl because of their defense and because of their run game, not because of Garoppolo. Uh, quarterbacks who combine precision passing skills with elite physical tools like arm strength and mobility and play creation are the most valuable archetype in the NFL. This is the Mahomes of the world, the Russell Wilsons. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the best example of this archetype, and he's been able to have a great amount of success uh, throughout his career. Even though his team hasn't been very good defensively over the last couple of years, teams would be absolutely ecstatic if their young quarterback uh, develops into this archetype. Even quarterbacks who have great physical tools but lack pr great precision passing skills, are valuable in the NFL. Uh, Lamar Jackson, for example, he's one of the best mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's had a crazy developmental pathway uh, throughout his NFL career. He ended up winning the MVP last season, though his underwhelming passing ability has kept him from having playoff success. He still has tremendous upside and could end up being elite one day if he continues to improve as a pure passer. 
Uh, finding a franchise quarterback through the draft is extremely difficult. It's not easy. Uh, but as the game evolves and as we continue to go through draft after draft, I think the most ideal quarterback archetypes are becoming more apparent. And I believe this process of finding elite franchise quarterbacks can become easier. Uh, with the success of guys like Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Justin Herbert in this season, it's become clear that, uh, that quarterbacks who have excellent physical tools and can create plays outside of the pocket should be prioritized at the top of the first round, even if they they struggle with accuracy or decision-making issues. Because coaching staffs, they can work with quarterbacks, and they can improve their accuracy and decision-making, but they can't improve their athleticism. You can't teach arm strength and mobility. Um, you can improve it a little bit, uh, but it's a lot easier to improve accuracy uh, and and um, decision-making than it is to become an elite play creator. And so I think guys that can create plays out of the pocket and have uh, good mobility, those guys are who you should prioritize drafting at the top of the first round. The 2021 NFL Draft will be extremely fun to follow because it features one of the strongest quarterback classes in the last 20 years. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance are all physically gifted dual-threat quarterbacks who can be elite franchise quarterbacks one day. I honestly believe that. I think all of these guys, uh, they all have, I think they have, honestly, now some of them lack a little bit in the decision-making department, like Justin Fields, that's something that he struggles with, but all of them have... Um, they're, they're really good passes while also being great athletes who have good arm strength. So that, that's why this is one of the most intriguing draft classes that we've seen in a while because all of them have the traits, um, of elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And so I think that's why this is going to be one of the more interesting, uh, quarterback classes in a while. And it's why I can't wait for the 2021 NFL draft. Anyway, that's all I have for today. That's my philosophy with uh, on drafting quarterback prospects. Uh, let me know what you think on Twitter. You can just reply to me. Uh, I'll see it. I hope y'all enjoyed this, and I will see y'all next time. Peace. <laughs>